department is pulling an agent that specializes in responding to escalating cartel activity. This is not my department. You want to be a part of this? Do we get an opportunity of the men responsible for today? The men who are really responsible for today. Every day across that border, people are killed with his blessing. To find them would be like discovering a vaccine. Spotter vehicle, left lane. Spotter vehicle, 9 o'clock. Get your weapon out. supposed to work this side of the fence. Welcome back to the Film Realcast. It's film review time. And I'm very pleased to say I'm joined by my good friends, Neil and Paul. Chaps, how are you? Hello, Stu. I'm very well. How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm tip top, my friend. What about yourself? Paul, how are you good? You good? Happy? Yeah, I'm always happy, mate. You know me. Oh, God, that's worrying. That really is worrying. <laughs> Unless someone does a pre-flight check wrong on um, a helicopter in a film, <laughs> then he's not very happy. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Or a sword fight. Or if someone starts throwing that stick yeah. around like it's a flipping, yeah, tiny <laughs> input, tiny, <laughs> tiny input. That's all you need. Bang, and we started. Come on. Oh, yeah. dearie I've me. I've already got him to bite already. I love it. <laughs> you have. You've done really well, Dez. Very early days. And you've done it. So, which is directed by Dennis Villeneuve, written by Taylor Sheridan. And it's got a wonderful cast. It really, really has. It's mm. got Emily Blunt as Kate Mesa, Josh Brolin as Matt Graver, Benicio Del Toro as Alejandro. You've got um, John Burn- Burnthal, sorry, as Ted the Punisher. Uh, Victor Garber as Dave Jennings. And you've got uh, Daniel Kaluuya as Reggie Wayne. And you've got Jeffrey Donovan as Steve Forcing, who is one nerd, but he's cool as F. He really is. <laughs> and uh, you've got several people who I can't pronounce. Um, Julio Cesar Sodillo, who plays Fusto Alcaron, who is the top mafia or top cartel boss. And it's just a really, really great cast to put together. This film for me, is written amazingly well. It's directed incredibly well. The the score of it is brilliant. The cinematography, there is just not... There's a, a few things about this you think, yeah, but I, I, I just love it. And we've chosen films again because we're grown up and we're actually getting organised to do an advance. <laughs> and this was a film that I chose because I say it's a, like Lucy, it's a go-to film. I love it so much. 
and you guys have chosen films. Tell me and tell everyone else what excitement they've got to look forward to in the month of September. Well, I've chosen The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Uh, it's one of my go-to films. I've seen it many times and I love it. I like the I like all three of the trilogy, but I know people really slate them after the first one. But I just I just really like it. It was sort of groundbreaking when yes. it came out. And even to this day, it still sort of stands up for me. So it was I wanted to see what everyone else had to think about it. No, it does. And it's interesting that that's your kind of go to film, because it will be good for me off the back of that, that if you kind of, well, as you say, you understand what The Matrix is about. We we will have a conversation at some point during that podcast about the gatekeeper scene in number three, is it? Yeah, you, well, yeah, there's lots of gatekeepers, isn't there? That's there's... one messed up conversation that I never <laughs> understand. But you're right. In 1999. It was broke so many boundaries, didn't it? And yeah. opened the door for so many other people. And I mean, it was the, I think it was the Wachowski brothers, wasn't it? It was. It was indeed. It directed it. And yeah, I mean, they must be fucking rubbing their hands together still off the back of that, honestly. It was, <laughs> it was really, really good. And Did Paul, the first Matrix come out in 89? 99. Oh, 1999, yeah. Yeah. But no doubt, Paul, you have a film in the 80s. What was your choice? Tell everyone. (laughs) Well, you know what? I do want to be predictable, but I will be. Um, So my go-to film, I'll tell you in a minute, but I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to nip through Netflix and just see, and and Amazon Prime, see if there's something else. And I I saw this new one come up from 2020 uh, on Amazon. Yes. And it was called An English Haunting, right? I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's different. And we talked last week, a week before, about about ghost films and films about hauntings and stuff not being scary. Mm. And I would recommend no one watch this film. It's dreadful. I watched it thinking we could watch this film and review it. Don't watch this film. It's dreadful. Yeah. So um, give that a swerve. But my so my I will refer back to my original go to, and that was Stir Crazy. Oh, 1980, mm. Gene Wilder, yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I watched that the other day. Did you? Yeah, yeah it's a great film. I've seen it. It's one of these films you watch on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, just and it's just it's a laugh a minute. As was See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Silver Streak. So it's yeah, these guys together are chemistry. So yeah, yeah that is completely agree. That film. Is genius film, I have to say. Anyone yeah. who's not seen it, regardless if it's 1980 um, rather than the 80s, it is a film that is, makes you feel good. It's stupid and they're <laughs> brilliant. And for me, out of all of the ones they've done, of three, it's the best one. I think really? it's the best one. Yeah, wow. it's I think just it's the best one. Yeah, it's hilarious. I haven't seen it for a long time, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Because I oh. wanted to do Batman. Right, with um, with uh, the original one, yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman. Brilliant, because I know Stu's not a massive fan of them, and but there's no way you can watch it without having to pay for the bloody thing. Oh right. So for such an old film, so that's why that's the other reason I chose the the Matrix. Mm, I do Um, like Michael Keaton. Yeah, but never mind. That would have been interesting because I honestly really don't like those films. I know. uh, That's why I wanted to do it. Yeah, it would have been really quite a divisive one because I know yeah. James is very passionate as well. So mm. 
it would have been good. Hopefully one day they'll change that and stop one being money-grabbing bastards and actually give something free away when people pay for everything on TV. So <laughs> no. it's, it's When you add criminal. it all up, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, You actually all the different platforms. You're like, Jesus, how much money am I spending? And I you still have to charge me for something that was made in the 80s. It's a joke. It's naughty, isn't it? Yeah. Amazon Prime, Netflix, you've got Disney Plus as well. Yeah. And they just corner that market and they handcuff you into having to to pay for it because mm. and everyone else is talking about it. It's like I mean the Mandalorian, I love the Mandalorian, it's yes. so good. And when you get that, you I don't mind paying for it. But apart from that, and obviously the Marvel stuff, which I love, and the Star Wars stuff they've got, the rest of Disney Channel is shit, to be honest. Yeah. It's terrible. There's Stars Channel, the extra one. It's crap. There's hardly anything good on there. It's like Apple TV as well, like Apple TV Plus. So I, I had that like for a year, and they and they throughout lockdown they extended it, which I thought was a nice little generous gift. And there was a couple of decent series on on there, and um, I watched the series, the two, and I was like, what else is on there? And it was just rubbish. I thought, you know what? I'm not paying for this. So I just no. didn't continue the subscription because there's nothing on there. It's just. Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, every I mean, single one has their own little niche, and mm. you end up paying like seven quid here, ten quid there, thirty quid here, and, and I mean it all adds up as you say, doesn't it? It's like a hundred quid a month you pay or, or over yeah. plus oh, just yeah. to just and those to little nuggets everything that come along end up not being worth it. Like the servant that you found on Apple and you told me yeah, about it, you recommended it. it. Yeah, absolutely it. brilliant, but mm. that that wouldn't be enough to hold me to Apple TV because the rest of it's it's fucking tosh, isn't it? No, it really and you is. know what? There's been there's been another series, but it's not been enough. It's not been enough for me to pay. What is it? I don't know what it is. It's, it's not expensive, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not paying fifty quid for a series. Uh, That's the thing, you know? though, isn't it? Because it's not expensive on its own. But like we do, we review stuff. So I've got Sky, I've got Netflix, yeah. I've got Amazon, and I've got Disney. When you add all that up, it's quite a lot of money just to yeah. sit in front of them. A square yeah. box. It does. Do you know what I mean? The idiot lantern, as they used to call it. Yeah. yeah. But what frustrates yeah. me more, and I'm going to have a bit of a dig at Sky here, is that you pay for the Sky and then you pay for the movies and mm. you go and have a look and then they still try and charge you to rent or buy a film, which is donkey's years old. The same with Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. Those two are the worst, in my opinion. And I know that's, but it just really hacks me off. This that's is our platform to do this. This, you know, this is what we can do. Yeah. The internet just, gives us the platform to to slate yeah, change whatever things. we want. That's exactly. why I like Netflix because you just have a one-off payment and that's it. Mm. And, and you know, whatever you click on is there to watch. You don't have to yeah. worry. Is it a rental? Oh God, is it? But you can just watch it. So yeah, completely exactly. agree, mate. Yeah. But Sicario, who had seen Sicario before this review? Nope. 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 fantastic and we've not spoken about it so we don't know where we're going to come from our points of view but for those who haven't seen Sicario who are listening to this it's on the Amazon Prime at the moment you've got the HD version you've got the extended version and the normal version as well um, obviously I've watched all of them but um, they're all available I don't know how long for but totally recommend it but as I say the story um, it's a, it's a, a 2015 action thriller, as I said, directed by Dennis Villeneuve, written by uh, Taylor Sheridan. So Emily Bunt, Misa Del Toro, Josh Brolin. This follows FBI agent Kate Mercer, who is um, Emily Blunt's character. Um, she enlists 
um, which is enlisted by a government task force to bring down the Sonora cartel Lieutenant Manuel Diaz the overall, and the overall leader, Fasto Alcron. This involves shaking the tree a little and causing hell, as Brolin talks about later on, while travelling to Mexico to extradite Diaz's brother and henchman, um, Guillermo Diaz. This all happens under the guise of being watched by a very secretive Alejandro Gillick, played by Benicio del Toro. And that the story of this, even though it appears quite complicated, it's a very simple story and... It was. I, I found it. I don't know if it's because it's numerous watchings, but did you find this easy to follow with the little twists they had in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah, so. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, it, it was a good script. I thought it was a good idea, um, and I was gripped from the start, especially with the opening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't hard to follow. At no, all, to be honest. It, it gets you. Street. When, when I first saw this film, I, I didn't really know what it was about. I just saw the cast and I thought I'll give it a go because um, it's such a tight cast. But mm. it gets you straight into fucking jaw dropping on the floor from the start when you've got the police um, and when you've got like the SWAT teams um, and you've got obviously the FBI and you learn that um, Emily Blunt's character, uh, Kate Mercer, is like a, a door kicker she works on the hostage rescue team doesn't she and she's been doing this for numerous um years and she's a bit of a, a kind of a grunt they call her and you've got daniel kalula another actor who's brilliant he's such a good actor you're playing reggie wayne who's an old afghanistan he's a vet but he's kind of a bit um bit of a greenhorn bit kind of wet behind the ears on this and they take out this house uh, and it, it's just amazing what they do isn't it it's just such hardcore i've got a massive bollocks and i'm just going to take no shit as they go into this house i mean yeah, what did you think of the intro to this set the film up well it was good it was yeah action-packed set the film up well and it showed what kind of character that character she was and that, that you know it, the fact that her her metal had been tested and she was up for the task in hand yeah, it is great. I mean, they smash down the front of this house. It's in Arizona. It's just on the border of Mexico. And they, as they come through the front of the house, they exit the vehicle and they take out everyone in the house. And she nearly takes a shotgun shell to the head. Mm. But as you said, you learn that she's made of strong stuff. And the fact that she's a female and it shouldn't anyway, it makes no difference. And she can handle her own. But the shotgun shell in the wall um, yeah. is noticed. Uh, by Daniel Kaluuya, that there's people buried and wrapped up, gift-wrapped inside the walls, um, this house that's been plastered and extended. And it, it's shocking, isn't it? It's a shocking find that wasn't expected. How many total? We've got 15 in this hall here, about 20 in the back bedroom. We haven't even checked the attic under the cross space. Call DOJ, let them know where No, definitely, because they're in. They're going in there, aren't they, to grab hostages that are being mm. held by this cartel? Yeah, and by chance, you know, he blows a hole in the wall trying to kill her, who she brilliantly takes out, by the way. And then they notice this. They just find a a couple of bodies, don't they, in the wall? And I think the only issue I had with that is clearly. When they'd shot the hole in the wall, that stench would have come out instantaneously. 
and it wasn't until yeah. they uncovered literally all of it and then all of a sudden oh it smells and, um, yeah but that was the only bit of it that i found a bit iffy but it was brilliant wasn't it who thinks to put people in walls oh yeah the bodies behind the walls was was absolutely terrifying it was mm. sickening you saw the the bags over their faces would have been suffocated and shot in the head and the fact that there's about 35 bodies that they've only found so far that are mm. stuffed behind walls, which is women, men, children. And it goes to show the brutality of these cartels and the, the, the lengths they'll go to um, just on their executions alone. It was I've not seen a film that starts this hardcore for a, a long while that is kind of bordering on real life as well. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. You don't know, do you, how true to life it is i'm sure stuff like this probably does happen i'm not going to be naive enough to say that it doesn't but it is shocking isn't it to even think that something like this happens to normal people Mm. i would imagine as well that like even with the best plastering and the best wrapping it's still (laughs) going to stink in there isn't it exactly yeah there's no resale value of that house now is there (laughs) Not after a side of it's blown to smithereens later on. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Trying to sell a house like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 40 bodies. Dirty bodies? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It says it's the three-bedroom, but in fact, we discovered 50 bodies in this house, so it proves <laughs> yeah. that you can put more people if you want. You can sleep as many as you like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's interesting because you meet... Um, Victor Victor Garber and Dave Jennings and you kind of you learn that uh, Victor Garber's character I think it's for the Department of Justice is there's so many people who are puppets in this by people who are higher powers who are elected senators who are pulling the strings and whether they like it or not they're kind of having to to do these dirty deeds which i find really interesting i like things when it's very political and the second one is highlighted as well as being very political which is another very good film um that that these things happen and you know that there's people way up high in the government pulling these strings and there's this shit going on that we don't know about and it's just been all authorized and it's just so covert i i just find that fascinating i really really do that that actually happens yeah, cloak and daggers and stuff isn't it it's you know like the SAS and other bits and pieces it's 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 amazing when you think about it isn't it that these people make these decisions and we have no idea what's going on doing no. it all, all these operations that go on around the world and stuff we have yeah. we didn't even know it happened and it probably happens next to us sort of thing yeah and these people are so highly trained that, that's what oh. I also find when you look when you I love these SAX, SAS books and when you read the life experiences of people on tours in Afghanistan and what they've gone through physically and mentally and come out the other side uh, and their level of training throughout uh, the firefights and the pressures they're under to think clearly and operate. I, I just think it's incredible. And the fact that when you get these soldiers who can do this and even like when you get the like in this film, I know it's obviously only a film, but when you get these people who can regardless of all the death and the violence around them can stay so level-headed and focused and go and take out who they need to take out like the people who took out bin laden you've got someone operating a drone like hundreds of miles above giving orders to these different people like it's highlighted in this film 
it's just fascinating that people can watch you and scary that they can give orders from a drone from an office thousands of miles away and all the soldiers around it's uh, the technology these days in warfare it it's incredible and it's frightening as well I was surprised to see Victor Garber in this because I didn't think he made it back from James, James Cameron's Titanic in 97. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he went down with the ship. <laughs> no, he's got seaweed on him when you see him. <laughs> yeah. He's got seaweed on him. It was <laughs> Thomas Andrews. I liked him in that, actually. He was good in that. What? Uh, so what's that? Is that the Kate Winslet one? Kate Winslet, yeah. yeah. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, I've not. I've I've been seeing it for ages. I fucking hate oh, that. Film. I watched. I loved it. I watched it in, when they bought it out in 3D. I went to see it at the Ro, at the Rotunda in Kingston. 3D. Uh, they bought it no. out. In, in fact, my mate, um, a good friend of mine, he was in, he had actually was responsible for having it made into 3D. Um, sure. Yeah. And you like the film? I do like the film. Uh, Neil, the you film. called me a big girl last week. I remember <laughs> that. This is why. I just like <laughs> the history of it. <laughs> I can't argue. I love the film, you know. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm not a massive fan of Titanic. I have to be. It's a bit. Apart from the ship going down and you know yeah. the really horrendousness of what they did with not putting enough people on there. I think the Poseidon Adventure is much better than Titanic. First or second? First, without a okay. doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's much great better film. Yeah, I, I think the Titanic's too predictable. You know it's going to happen, don't you? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not interested in that. There's no surprise there. Can oh, I get yes. a rewind? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, as it came back to this, yeah, and when they kind of they discover everything, I think everything's going really well. You get these two poor police officers who think they're being really helpful. And oh, no. that's clumsy as fuck. But you could see it happening, couldn't you? Yeah. And they get blown up. They've obviously got some kind of IED in the shed when they're clearing the shed out whilst everyone else is throwing their guts up in the garden after the discovery of the bodies. And the the police, as usual, are the cannon fodder, aren't they? (laughs) They Hey, Bobby's found something. (laughs) (laughs) All they needed was... pretty gruesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. As it's your last day on your job before you retire, you can clean out the shed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can have the bolt cutters just in case anything needs being on. Yeah. yeah. All you need to do today is carry these bolt cutters. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> he never made it back. <laughs> that would be my luck. That yeah, really would be. Oh, God damn it, it's one day from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I love those cliche films. I really, oh, brilliant, it's pretty <laughs> gruesome knowing it when that copper's sort of crawling away from the blast and he's got some of his head missing and there's a yeah. hand laying there. It's oh, it is awful. They don't hold back, do they? With the old no. um, gore in this. No, not at all. Not at all. And it's uh, and it's kind of like that all the way through the film. And mm. what I did like the, the way this is filmed. I, it's very kind of looks raw footage and I like the fact that they hold a shot for so long in a lot of films they'll show the audience what's going on and then bang show the next thing bang show the next thing but the way they hold these um like these pictures of what's happening and they're playing this kind of music and it's it's like this big horn kind of playing mm, that builds that mm. tension up 
And there's a really good shot uh, towards the end when the soldiers and like the Delta Force are going in the tunnels and you see them walking into the distance. And it's a really long shot held there. And it works so well. And they do that in this film so much with that music playing. And it, it's just brilliantly done. It's It just kind of adds that air of like, realism. Uh, it makes it really authentic, I think, anyway. But, I like that. I, I agree, Stu. And I think that's... That, you know, back when you look back at dramas and films in the 80s, the, 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 you would hold a long shot and we'd have the patience back then to follow it and enjoy it. But now the people that are making the films think that we don't have the attention on in TV shows. We don't have the attention span of a gnat. So everything's like change, you know, move, you know, just keep changing the changing the, the camera shot and camera angles, you know, yeah. because we have got the attention. And, and, that, and this, it's unusual and it works. It's good. It reminded me of Platoon mm. and um, Full Metal Jacket and stuff yeah. like that. A lot of the scenes where they're walking away or two things and stuff like that. And it, it goes back to sort of that classic cinema, if you like. Even um, I watched it the, the, the original Italian job the other day. Mm. And yeah. it was just a scene in it that went on for ages where they're just driving about. Yeah. And it, I just sort of sat there going bloody hell, this is a long scene, but it, it was, it, it, rather than, there was no words, it was just them driving a Jeep from one location to another, and you and like Paul just rightly said, you don't get that anymore, at no. all, it, you know, and I, I did appreciate with this film, I know it's a little bit older now, isn't it, six years old, but it's still nice that they reverted back, back to those long shots and stuff like that, so I agree with you. Yeah, and it's done. It's carried on in the second film, um, Soldado, as well. Um, it's it just, it, it just gets you involved in it, and I think it's great. It doesn't even have to have any words as well. The, the mm. score of it is just brilliant, and you start to kind of find out more of who's pulling the strings and who's involved. Um, when the next scene, and I really do love um, Josh Brolin. I, I think he's such a good actor. I, I really do. He can play many roles. And he he plays um, a CIA officer called Matt Graver. And he's always behind everything of this kind of team, like pulling the strings. And to Emily Blunt's character, he's so vague about everything. It's all cloak and dagger, which adds to her frustration. And she comes across as the, like, the innocence of what she thinks build up an investigation take the person down once you've got enough a case against them then you put that case to the prosecution the da and then you take them down and these guys don't work on any page at all do they they've got their own set of rules and she's quite naive isn't she yeah in that sense and I, i i kind of think my only grievance i have with this film is that they say that she has got a long history of kicking doors down being a kind of terror um like a a hostage rescue she's been leading our kidnap response team for three years put her through the grinder since she got here she hasn't blinked (laughs) she's in the front line nobody's going to be happier than kate to see these guys go down so she's a thumper today was her fifth ois five and oh not bad for a rookie she never worked cases been kicking doors since day one i like her already what about the partner you seen action? He's only been with us 18 months. What's his background? He's a sharp kid. ROTC scholarship to Maryland, did a tour in Iraq, got his law degree from UNC. 
green, but he's good. No lawyers on this train. Just give me the girl. So surely should have had a lot of work done with the cartels. Would you have a good knowledge of the cartels? And she wouldn't be so innocent. So when she's being told um, by Brolin when he walks in there, because she doesn't know who anyone is, and without introducing themselves, really, they just start asking questions about, do you know um, the Sonora Lieutenant Cartel, Manuel Diaz? And would you know about um, Guatelamo Diaz? And she's kind of answering those questions, but she even admits herself that she lacks knowledge. And I find that kind of like, nonsense that she wouldn't know. Mm. Yes, surely she if she's knocking down doors and doing hostage stuff on the border of Mexico and generally like you just said dealing with the cartel, she's gonna know a lot more about it, especially as she looks like she's very diligent. Yeah. In the in what she does. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And she's rated Kate is rated really, really high and she's really highly thought of of the work that she's done because of her experience. Uh and and the kind of her frustration grows when the Department of Justice want advisors, and really, it's the person who's they kind of sell as their advisor um, is Benicio del Toro's character, um, Alejandro, and they kind of don't take. And I like the fact. I think it would have ruined it if they would have taken um, Daniel Kaluya because um, they they don't want it. They say that. He's too wet behind the ears and that he'd just be an interference. And for me, it works that they don't take him because I don't want a team. I think it works better knowing that you've got Emily Blunt's frustrations, her innocence and the pain that she fucking just does not know which way to go. She doesn't know who to believe ever during this, does she? No, they said they didn't want a lawyer, did they? And he's an ex-lawyer, isn't he, or something or rather. They said, oh, we don't want people like that on the team. And she, I think they play on the fact that she's sort of by the books. Yeah. And you, you know, sort of thing, you know, and they just want her there and. And you find they that. They sold it to her, didn't she? Big time. Yeah. They sold, sold her a pack of bollocks, didn't they? Because yeah. you find the truth out towards the end. We've been about half an hour of the film ending as to why they don't really want her. They want the FBI agency themselves, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's a way, but in, the, isn't it? Well, that, it's bizarre because they, they they know she plays it by the books and, and obviously she's got this, this moral standard which they, they acknowledge. But towards the end, they accept her to sign up to something that she's never going to sign up to because she knows it wasn't right. So how they expected that in the, in the first place, I don't really understand. No, I mean, what is that you're talking about at the end with the yeah. contract? Yeah, yeah. Saying that they, they did it by the book and they evidently didn't. Yeah, but they would never would have had to do that if... If she didn't follow, I know we'll talk about this in greater depth later, but I think it's because she followed um, Benita del Toro's character uh, down that tunnel rather yeah. than go with yeah. um, Brolin that she was instructed to do. It was her own curiosity, wasn't it? Yeah, but you're for, right. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, because even both of them said, "Oh, you've seen stuff that you weren't actually meant to see, and you took yeah. the wrong tunnel." So, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a superb scene. And and you kind of you learn just towards the end of this film that where they actually want to go is a place called Nogles, and they want to know how the drugs are being imported because this is all about the cartels 
um, different cartel factions and the drugs being imported from Mexico. And you, it's quite nice that you see it from different sides. You see the police officer who's the drugs mule, who's got a family. And it's interesting that you don't see him with any wealth, that he's got a son. Um, his son wants to go out and play football and he's got to go to work and he's a police officer. That, mm. that He doesn't live in a nice house. For all the drugs that he's pushing, which we see later on, and the risks he's taking, that these people... And nothing. They're just not wealthy. They're just numbers, aren't they, to a certain extent? And I, I like the fact you see that. Yeah, it's, it's done more out of fear, probably, isn't it? They don't get much money. They're basically told, you got to do this or we'll kill you and your family or whatever. I suspect that's how it's generally done. Yeah. Rather than yeah. we'll give you a cut of it. He probably gets a tiny amount. He clearly hates it, though, doesn't he, the copper? Because he gets up and the first thing he does is put whiskey or whatever in his coffee. And, you know, he's he's struggling, doesn't he? He doesn't really want to go and play with his lad and take yeah. him to football. But he's like, oh, I need to because I need to be a, a good father. But he, it must be horrendous for these people that have to run drugs and do everything and like you say they're not they're probably not doing it through choice at all he can add an existence on his police officer salary uh, well yeah, yeah. and it, his family's all life in danger he's got no choice but to kind of push drugs for him and be a mule because yeah. as we've seen already with the bodies stuck behind the wall women men and children that they will mm. kill anyone but mm. they kind of they tell um emily blunt's character that they tell kate she volunteers to go on board. She has to volunteer. Um, and they're going down to El Paso. And that's the first time you really meet uh, Benicio del Toro's character, um, Alejandro. That He sits there and he's very mysterious. He doesn't say a word. He, he doesn't really make eye contact. And you instantly know there's something not right with him. That where does he sit because you don't know what where his place is on the table and i, I quite like that because he's such a good actor he does this so well doesn't he mm. massively yeah he's, he is a very good actor i yeah. don't think there's anything that he's been in that i haven't thought that his performance has been good but no. yeah, he's dodgy as hell isn't he you know and she's asking him questions and he just gives one word answers and you know he's he doesn't want to really say anything does he no not at all and he has that nightmare on the fucking plane and scares the <laughs> shit out of her doesn't he <laughs> yeah. oh god he must have awful terrors and and you learn that it's because he used to be a prosecutor didn't he? he used to be like cps the gatekeeper someone you go to whose family was killed his wife had her head cut off and her, t- her daughter was chucked in a vat full of acid and killed and it was by um it was either by it was definitely by the um sonora cartel and the instruction to do this was given by um fusto alcron who's the head of the cartel which is and he you learn that he's hired out to anyone the colombians the americans but his own personal agenda is just plain and simple it's revenge there's nothing complicated is it Mm. no and rightly so it's quite nice isn't it that it's cliche in the sense of, oh, you know, family's killed, he goes off and, and everything else like that. But you're going to, aren't you, to be fair? It's just, he's clearly a very, very good mercenary. 
isn't he? Oh, he's superb. And it's been and it's interesting that like you get in kind of Afghanistan, like you get in Russia and all these different places that the American has funded him, the Americans trained him and paid for him to do the dirty work. And you know all too well at the flip of a hat that they will turn on him. And you get the impression that he knows that, that he's just tired hell, but he's willing to do anything and that's why he's so useful. Yeah, definitely. But that you know, he's not naive, is he? He knows what he is and he knows what he does. And yeah. you know, like you say, his main motivation is the fact he just wants to get the head of the cartel. Mm. So he knows he needs to get into bed with these guys that would quite happily put him in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, just so he can get what he wants. And he's so cold, isn't he? He's so, so cold. Yeah. It's just yeah, he's just so focused and I, I love that about him and it just makes him such an interesting character that you want to know when he's going to do something and if he's going to do something who's it for whose side is it going to be on and that's what he brings like to straight away to the table in this film but he's likable as well isn't he he is in yes the sense of he's just got that look on his face where you're like oh, i don't know what he's going to do but you just you can't help but like him i sat there going i really like him <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I feel like that. Every time I watch this film, I get like a man crush come out against him. Because, um, he's just so, so good. He really is. But they soon learn, or Emily Blunt soon learns, that when she's in this briefing room, you've got Delta Squad in there, you've got the US Marshals in there, and she's way out of her depth. You've got um, Benicio del Toro's character sitting in the back, not saying a word, out of sight. Again, adding to his mystery. And you learn that they're not going to El Paso. Um, they're going to, um, uh, is it Juarez, the way they pronounce it? And it's just over the Mexican border. Uh, and the reason being they're going there is because they need to extradite. Uh, it's the extradition brother. of Diaz's brother, Guantel- uh, uh, Guimero, or I can't even pronounce his name. They're fucking names in this. They're so difficult. But they're going <laughs> to extradite um, Guillermo. Guillermo, I think. Yeah, they're going to extradite him. And they're pretty much aware that going there will be fine. They're going to have armed convoy going there. And on the way back, they're going to go through the Mexican to US border. And that's when they fear and they're going to plan um, that they will be taken out by other Sicarios, other hitmen. And that's what Sicario obviously stands for. So they are armed to the teeth. And straight away, I get an instant semi when they're talking about this, because these guys, you know that nothing really scares the shit out of them. They are buzzing about this mission. And this is one hell of a mission, isn't it? It's insane, isn't it? Could you imagine doing that? I'd shit my pants. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you, though? I mean, going into cartel country to take the second in command out on your, you know, basically with a handful of men or people. Fuck that. Exactly. And you don't know who you can trust when you've, because it's just done so well. This is such, it's the most stylish traffic jam in the world and the most stylish convoy that I can remember on TV. They've jumped in these black Escalades and they just go in convoy and it looks amazingly good you've got all of these delta force like mercenary guys and you've got the police and once they get through the border 
um, into Mexico, you then joined by the Mexican um, police. And as um, Benicio del Toro's character says, you just can't trust anyone. The police are bought out. And it would be really worrying because the police are following them right next to them with these massive automatic machine guns, aren't they? Yeah. It, yeah. It's terrifying. That situation of the fact that you can't trust anyone scares the shit out of you. And you've got Josh Brolin's character who's in there just having such a fucking laugh about it. Nothing stresses him out whatsoever, does it? It's no, just so much fun. The, the fact that he's laughing. I would find any reason under the sun not to go whatsoever. Even you've got um, Jeffrey Donovan's character, Steve Forcing, who's uh, Brolin's right-hand man, who's like a geek, but a geek who's really into guns and just another proper badass. Uh, these two are, are kind of like, they're almost comedic that they're so casual, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's like Paul. He reminded me of Paul. Yeah, <laughs> geek into guns. <laughs> I ain't no Michael Ryan. <laughs> How would you be in a situation, Paul? I mean, you, you've flown helicopters, you've flown Blue yeah. Thunder. <laughs> Blue Thunder, Airwolf. No, no. Um, <laughs> Why didn't they go there by helicopter? Is it just a border issue? I I, I don't know, mate. I've not checked. Um, I'll email them and find out for you. <laughs> I'll come back to you by 9 a.m. Um, good question. Um, probably it was for the, the impact of having them in that traffic jam. Because I wondered, um, is it because it's off the books that they can't fly a helicopter from U.S. into Mexican soil? But Well, you'd have to fly. This is really you'd have to file a flight plan with the Mexican authorities. Like their version of the um, the FAA, so it would it would track the whoever was coming into the to Mexico would would be on that would be on the um, the passenger list. So you probably wouldn't want that really. But how can would they? Be. So I suppose they they can't do that, but they can drive in. But they have the borders supposedly, uh, and they plan to have the Mexican to US border left open, so they can just drive straight just through. Drive, but... and, they, and they did they did they did just that, didn't they? With just that, yeah. Um, but they look so sus, you know. I mean, they, they're, they're looking out for bandits. Um, yeah, no, it for... looks it looks fucking awesome though, doesn't it? In their, oh, their yeah. escalators, just driving along, it looks so mean. It yeah. really, really does. If if anyone hasn't seen this film and they just want us to look at something really good, it's kind of car porn. Twenty six minutes <laughs> yeah. into this film, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be in that. I wanted to be in one of those vehicles just flying around. I'd you know. be there with my Honda Jazz at the back. Honestly. You'd be taking all the fucking lead, mate. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be about fucking Two four shots. miles in front of me. There's 0-60 in about 23 seconds. So. Trying to outrun those bullets. Come on. <laughs> Come on, baby. You can do it. Yeah. It's slow motion. Mm. But it's a really, really good scene. And Emily Blunt's face... It's just one of absolute terror. It's as if yeah. she realises that she's well out of her depth by yeah. now. But yeah. it's fuck all you can do, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. You're in there now. You can't just get out and say, oh, all right, I'll walk back. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. But it's great. They, they do pick him up without any issues. And it's interesting when they go through, um, I want to call it Jurads, uh, the, the main town. You've got the flyover. Mm. And you've got those people hanging naked yeah. by yeah. the cartels. And the... 
the the town of Jerez was so angered by this film that they told all their local um, the members of the public not to go and watch it because it painted such a bad picture. And he said in 2010, the town was like this, but they've worked so hard to try and sort it out and it paints a negative picture. But I honestly don't know. It's it just... Oh, I'll, I'll put my tickets. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. really impactive that you've got people with their heads cut off, arms cut off, mm. hanging naked in the middle of the town to send a message to everyone of who runs it. It's brilliant what they do. When they mutilate a body like that, they make people think they must have been involved. They must deserve such a death because they did something. Oh, it's brilliant what they do. And... She, there's just more and more panic on her face. I don't have a little bit of wee come out right now if I was there. <laughs> yeah, I really would. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. Traffic jam. <laughs> yeah, the car would stink. You need the windows open, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but on the way back, they obviously pick the geezer up without <clears throat> any problem whatsoever. Uh, and it's when they get to that Mexican border, they realise that the borders haven't been opened. And there's an almighty traffic jam. And again, you get that music, which builds up such amazing tension. It's really deep, isn't it? And it's just like, it's almost like a, like a growl. Like a, it's, yeah, it's really resonant. Yeah, I'll play a clip of it now for everyone to listen to Do during it. the podcast. But it's, when they're stuck there, you've got, different people looking out for because they know they're going to get hit by um the sorona hitmen and it's a case of watching where they go you get that sus police car that's um tailing them and just keep an eye out do they trust them can they trust the police helping them and you've got several different cars caught in a traffic jam and fuck me there's nothing covert about the people that they spot who are the hitmen, is there? <laughs> I don't know, there isn't, is there? I love it. They're literally all, they've got tattooed faces and yeah. they're sitting there stroking their machine guns. <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to look cool. One's trying yeah. to look asleep. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? When they sit there, they've got tattoos all over their heads and they even pull out their weapons and uh, they actually see it. But, it's when they're told to stay in the car. And it's only when these guys get out of the car that you get these kind of like the, the Delta soldiers coming out. And obviously they tell Emily Blunt to get out and uh, all these other kind of agents get out. And they just don't have any problems. And it is really executing all of these kind of the, the, the baddies, the hitmen, the gangs in front of everyone. And they just fuck off and leave them. And it's really well shot scene and really tense isn't it but she seems to have a problem with it i'm like and <laughs> yeah but and she so shoots one of the policemen who's obviously um corrupt in the face mm. doesn't she mm. yeah he's about to shoot her isn't he through the window and yeah thankfully she notices in time but it's it's weird how she takes it isn't it i think she took it i understand why she because she's so by the book but having witnessed it firsthand i'm really surprised by that she's sticking to her guns of it shouldn't have been done this way are you yeah 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 massively the fact of the matter is you've got people driving around about to try to kill you you know you're stuck in this traffic jam which to me felt like maybe it was orchestrated to try and get him back potentially 
and she's got a fucking issue with it because they're yeah. shooting people. It's just they're sorry. bandits, aren't they? They're, they're bandits. They're criminals. They're murderers. They're drug dealers. Yeah, yeah. and they're yes. vermin. And you know, it's you know they they start putting the hammer down, and yeah, and it, it, she's got a problem with it. But I don't understand why she's not going to stop getting it hold of the um, other drivers of the vehicles, asking them for witness statements. No, it's no, just, exactly. You know, you get, yeah. get in that car and you move on, get over that border. It's yeah. just done so, and it's brilliant. The fact, and I really, really do like um, Jeffrey Donovan's character, uh, Steve Forsyth. Mm. He jumps out of the car and he approaches them, and he just takes them out, and yeah. just he's got, and he does it so well, so clinical. Double taps every single person, <laughs> and he's getting out of the car. Even when he opens the door, he's holding a gun with one hand, with the sight on them, mm. and. You get to see like the precision of these soldiers, which, as I said earlier, I always find fascinating to the, the high level that these are trained. And I feel, I mean, I love this action, but this is why you need to deal with it. This is the message that you need to send. You're not going to arrest them. It's not going to happen. Mm. No, well, they wouldn't be sure. arrested anyway, would they? Because yeah. he's even saying to him, he's mouthing no, isn't he? Shaking his head, yeah. walking backwards. And as he does that, they then try and get out of the car to shoot him anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's... And as you say, it's done with precision because you don't want any collateral damage injuring poor old bystanders. Yeah. And they just leave the bodies in front of all of the members of the public. And this is brilliant. And Emily Blunt, as soon as she gets there, she goes absolutely mental at Josh Brolin. And Josh Brolin's character just says, well, didn't have to come. Like... Like I lump it, you're here to learn. Got a little nutty, huh? Nutty, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking illegal. You want to start a war? You're a fucking spook. And and him, I mean, who the fuck is that? Told you you could stay here. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. You just spray bullets. And, and, yeah, sure, there's just fucking civilians everywhere. I'm not a soldier. This oh, is not what I do. Look, don't sell yourself short, all right? The reason Rezzy's home is I know he wasn't ready for this. But he better get ready real quick because this is the future, Kate. Juarez is what happens when they dig in. What this is, is what it. What am I doing here? What you're doing here is you're giving us the opportunity to shake the tree and create chaos. That's what this is. He just doesn't care. And I mm. like the fact that he feels he doesn't have to justify himself to her. He could mm. have easily have done that and it would have ruined it. Yeah, but, definitely. It's, yeah. it's true, though, isn't it? He said you have to, or she was told you have to volunteer for this because she's basically decided to say yes, not knowing really anything about what she's doing. She's only got herself to blame. She can't then start pissing all over the place because she's annoyed about it. Like... And she, he's not the kind of character either, is he, that needs to justify himself to anyone? No. Not let alone her, who's a volunteer for the job. Yeah, exactly. And she's there, just a piece of the jigsaw to, to assist them. But you you start to learn the lengths that they do go to. And when I talk about them, I'm talking about um, the CIA with Josh Brolin and also Benicio Del Toro, that they've got um, Diaz's brother. Um, I can't even say his name now. The more I try and say his name, I can't even say his name. <laughs> Guillermo. Uh, Guillermo, isn't it? It's, it's, it's got to be Guillermo. Just... Guillermo, say his brother. There you go. Just say his brother. Yeah. I'm going to say Guillermo from now on, and that's it. So they got Guillermo. 
And Benicio del Toro gets this massive drum of water and basically waterboards him and tortures him until he coughs up where the, the tunnels are to where the drugs are being uh, brought in from Mexico. And that's what he wants to know. And, and it's good that I think you didn't see that. Because all you hear is a bit of screaming and just to pull away. Uh, for me, that worked well with your imagination because you've got a rough idea of what he's going to do. Would you have rather seen it or how would you think that could have played out any better at all? Um, yes and no. Um, no, it didn't need to happen. But then you start thinking about it. It does because you don't. You, you'd have to guess that that's what he's done. You, you know, you're putting two two together, aren't you? Saying that he's waterboarding it. We don't know what he did to him in there at all. Yeah. I'm guessing that is what it happened. But it does. I don't know. Would it have been nice to see? Not really. Does it necessarily know? But it does sort of point at a fact that unless you're savvy enough to realise that's what he's done, you very much think that, you know, the Mexicans are the arseholes and the, the Americans are all, all nicey-nicey, if you like. They won't go to that extreme. Yeah, exactly. And you see, just by the look on Josh Brolin's face, that he's done this numerous times before yeah. with regards to torturing and waterboarding people. He has no issues because his main drive is... It's the goal, end of the day, whatever it takes to get the job done. And that's what he's focused on. And I, I really, really like that. It works for me that he hasn't got any signs of any weaknesses. Someone like that is so dangerous, I think. But well, the I next guess, yeah. scene is, uh, it took, to be honest, when I, I'm a bit of a dumbass, as you know, when I watch these films and I enjoy them. And it's like, I don't really understand. I just look at it and go, oh, wow, it's really great. <laughs> that's what I do oh, yeah. that's what I view a film yeah, it's only about 300 viewings of this film that the penny starts to slowly drop and uh, they because when I first watched this I thought why have they got everyone from that bus station and they're questioning them did you, I mean I take it you understood whilst they were doing this and I don't mean that sarcastically I mean it because it took a while for that little penny to drop for me initially no I had no idea I've got to be honest, it isn't until later on then you sort of, I sort of realised what they were doing, but straight away when they had them there, I was like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, Those I... are people just sat about and asking them where they've been in in, the, in America, but it, it is obvious when you think about it. But at the time, yeah. no. I... I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you could have easily have lied and really made me look like even more of a dumbass than I usually am. I'm, but... I'm being kind, to be fair. I knew exactly what was going on. Uh... <laughs> of course, I got it. Yeah, my son got it as well, but it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, my nine-year-old will let watch this. He was like, "Oh, they're doing that, aren't they, Dad?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because it, it turns they stop this bus, they got all the passengers out, and they want to know. Um, who was arrested? And these are people who have been uh, stopped and arrested at the border coming into America. And they want to know who was arrested around Nougal's area. So Benicio Del Toro's character speaks to a few of the passengers and wants. And the idea is that if they all know the area, the same area that all these people avoided going to, that that's where the cartel will be operating, because if they went there, that they'd be killed. And again, They've got the Nougal's information from the waterboarding torture 
and they've just basically cemented it whilst talking to these passengers so they know where to go and I have to be honest it took me such a long time to actually get that <laughs> honestly it really really did I'm such a fucking dumbass I think oh, if, if we weren't doing this podcast I don't know whether I would have ever got it because I watched it so many times <laughs> the good thing is you did <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and the next scene shows the the naivety because what and it's kind of I feel I'm a bit like um, Emily Blunt's character. I feel like I'm watching this, but I'm in the dark as to what's going on half the time. And what they want to do is cause absolute <clears throat> chaos. And the reason being is because they want to get Manuel Diaz. Uh, who's the like, the lieutenant to the Sonora cartel, they want to call so much chaos that Manuel Diaz is called back to Mexico uh, to face Alcaron to explain what's actually happening. And one of the ways they're going to do that, like they do in a lot of films, which is, I, I like the fact they do it and they show that it doesn't work, is go to the bank and confiscate a shitload of money and try and hit him financially. And again, it shows a naivety in this, uh, one that Emily Blunt thinks it will possibly work and two that don't go into the bank and don't show your face on CCTV because once you're on there they'll know who you are and I really really <laughs> like that I, I think that shows how sinister that they are and why Josh Brolin just stays in the van during this operation doesn't he you coming no, don't go in the bank. This is something we can actually build a case on. Don't go in the bank, Kate. There you go, and she's going in the bank. Yeah, and he tries yeah. to tell her not to. You know, it's like, just don't do it. <clears throat> Again, that comes back to a naivety, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just, you know, everyone to the top, and like, someone is in their pockets, everyone's in their pockets, you know? But how um, can she not appreciate how dangerous these people are, though? That's what I don't I understand. Know. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the weakest part of this film, isn't it? Is the fact that she everything she's seen, she's still so by the book. And there's nothing wrong with being by the book, but there's also the ability to learn that the book is a set of rules that people bend. And you've got to sometimes, you know, follow someone that's been doing this for a long time and not just, you know, be a dick about it. And she's just... she throughout this entire film at no point does she ever not learn that lesson no not at all the, and that's the bit that frustrates me the most about it it's just yeah. you know come on like, everything you fucking seen and you're still not getting it yeah she's used to working to the rules and she struggles time and time again when these rules are being bent and even josh brolin does explain why she, why he's doing that I mean, he didn't explain about the bank, but this is the kind of intel that you'd think someone who's experienced would know that people who are w working on the borders of these countries would know just not to do their basic errors, aren't they? Yeah. So it, it, it does, especially as she's so good or allegedly so good at her job and experienced that it, it's kind of puzzles me. But when they take the money off these people, um, and she's paying every week $9,000 into this bank account. And there's millions in there that they've got little kind of these bands you get that, that different charities sell. And they've got these red and um, pink and blue 
bands that the money's all wrapped in, which is a massive bit of foreshadowing for later on, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Which is a, a pretty much a bit of a lifesaver. But she thinks that they can take them down. But as the guy explains, who's like the fight, um, the IRS and DEA, that you can't bounce from one account to another to another because it all looks like legitimate money, doesn't it? And this won't even dent them. They'll freeze their accounts for a couple of months and then they'll get their money back. Yeah. And it was quite, uh, I quite liked the, the other thing because apparently it's, he said it's like a credit thing, wasn't it? So if you over, you pay a bit more of something you've borrowed. Mm. Uh, each month it then goes as credit or whatever and there's like 17 million dollars worth of credit yeah. that he had in there and stuff like that and he said that's not you can't even touch it yeah you know so they're not stupid are they but she still seems to think that they can go through the books and do it this way it just yeah it's laughable really <clears throat> it is because even she says we can arrest him now and he says well his account will be frozen for a couple of months and then he'll get yeah. all the money back yeah so what's the point yeah, and it must be so frustrating for people like her who mm. can't understand this. But again, it's there's method in Josh Brolin's madness because this is his whole plan of shaking the tree and getting different cartels to turn on each other, making one weaker financially for a month will have an impact. And it's even explained to her, and I think it's explained really well uh, by Dave Jennings, the uh, Department of Justice guy when he says that you're operating inside the rules and the people high above, the senators who are elected by the members of public have put these people in power and the rules are fine. You can do pretty much what you want. But yeah. she still doesn't accept it, does she? No. <laughs> like I said, that's that's what... You know, this is a very, very, very good film. But her character... And I guess that's the story, isn't it, at the end of the day? But you think, and I said this earlier, with everything she's seen and witnessed and everything else, surely she just either turn around and say, OK, I'm going to have to get on board with it or just walk away. But she doesn't. And it's just so odd. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I'd never think that. And I'm glad she doesn't go with it. And I'm glad she does fight it because it shows the strength in her character against all of these alpha males. Uh, but you kind of wonder whether there'll be a point where she taps out and there isn't that point. Uh, and it's kind of the frustration that she's got is becomes annoying to a certain fact. Yes. You think, just fucking get on with it. Like yeah. Everyone you've spoken to, even your boss's boss, has said, you're not breaking the rules. Just crack on with it. And And it's interesting because... The, her naivety again is highlighted when they go to the bar because they're just drinking away their sorrows. And whilst they're at the bar, uh, they bump into um, John Bernthal, who obviously more better known as the Punisher, uh, and in Walking Dead as well. And it, it they kind of hit it off together, uh, Emily Blunt does, and Bernthal's character. And when they get back to the room, she's kind of on the rebound letting off some steam because she's willing to have sex with him uh and they kind of know each of each other don't they um uh, and especially uh daniel uh, kaluuya's character knows him from like baseball games and shit like that he's a police officer on the border but and it's only that band when he sees that or when emily blunt sees that he's got that band in his pocket 
that mm. she realizes that he's being paid off by the cartels and he's been sent to kill her after being identified by the CCTV. And it's a really shocking scene when he's trying to strangle her. And first of all, I think he would have raped her as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he would have probably had sex with her and then killed her anyway, because that's what he was there to do. But yeah, I think he wanted to get his end away, didn't he? No matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's quite shocking. It just goes to show that the the kind of the levels of people you cannot trust and the fact that the cartel are everywhere and even people that um Kaluuya thought was an old friend in the force has been bought off uh, by the cartels. And I think that it's as scary as it is, it highlights that everyone is open to corruption, aren't they? Yeah, I think if you if you work in that sort of place and you're given that opportunity and you aren't you know if you're struggling if you've made bad life choices people do do it you hear of it all the time don't you so you know <clears throat> people are greedy as well aren't they so yeah definitely and you you also learn which i do like and again it comes back to poor old emily blunt's character that they set her up as bait knowing that someone would try and take her out because she was stupid and naive enough to show her face at the bank. And obviously it's Bernthal's character tries to do this and Benicio del Toro is there, as he always is a lot of the time, to save her bacon. And that they smash the crap out of uh, Bernthal. And I like even Josh Brolin's line when he says the good thing about you being so beaten up is that people won't even notice if we do it anymore. And he says it's yeah. so casual. And Benicio <coughs> del Toro is so vicious. He's got his finger deep inside <laughs> Burnfall's ear. Oh, I really, I really yeah. enjoyed that scene in the car. I don't know. It's just my dark side. But like he's he's a villain and he, he's been bought. He's, he's involved in it. And he's just getting some comeuppance. Oh, I enjoyed definitely. that. I did think he was giving him a wet willy, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty firm wet willy yeah it's like oh that's that's a new way of getting information out of people yeah that would have been really <laughs> interesting yeah next is going to tickle him <laughs> yeah, give him a wedgie yeah. <laughs> right i'm gonna give you a chinese bird next you bastard <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh so brutal and obviously now they've got him they can use information uh uh, from him to kind of firm up what they already know and again it highlights so many blunt that these people uh, when i say these people i'm talking about the cia will go to any lengths whatsoever uh to do what they can and even put in because they don't know i mean bernthal could have gone in there and instantly shot her in the head and, mm. and i don't think i don't know about you but i don't think they would have particularly given a shit about that it should have been just collateral damage and they would have got someone else no, yeah. I agree. Big time. But um, Benicio del Toro's character clearly does take a shine, uh, which is nice, and I think it plays really well in this film. It does take a shine to Emily Blunt, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. He, he I think he likes her. You know, he's, he's sort of trying to look after her, isn't he? Yeah. In a weird, weird way, because he can just see what she's doing and the mistakes she's making. But the fact is, her heart's in the right place. Plus, he says, you know, you remind me of someone that was dear to me. Yeah. Which you find out later. Yeah. That it was his daughter, which is a yeah. bit weird. But. 
Yeah, because I thought his daughter would be uh, like a, a six-year-old girl, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's uh, what I pictured as well. Yeah. But, uh, I, I didn't think it would be um, something like that. But it kind of works for the film, and it, it explains why he's got... why he's always there to, to, to kind of get her back. I mean, this only really... This sets up the last 40 minutes, the last third act of this film... Where again they go to this hotel and they do the briefing, and you learn that um, Alcaron, the leader of the Sonora cartel, has called back uh, Manuel Diaz because of all of the shit that Josh Brolin's done. It's clearly working and having that desired effect. And during their meeting, they talk about they're going to go to Nugles and they're going to attack that tunnel. And he says to the Delta team, just make as much noise and like 4th of July on steroids basically mm. isn't it mm. and cause a distraction and they say that he kind of says that yeah, our agent will then carry on his own mission uh, and again he doesn't highlight there's that vagueness which that frustration for Emily Blunt again and which is exaggerated even more when she finds out the only reason why she's there is because the CIA can't operate within U.S. borders without the assistance of the FBI. Oh, you guys aren't really dressed for it. Oh, well, you didn't fucking tell us. Yeah, well, you two went crying to Daddy yesterday, oh, and we don't want Daddy break. to know everything. Right, we'll get you some extra gear. We have tap gear in your car. All right, good. You guys will hang back when we get there, okay? Then why are we going? Because CIA can't operate within U.S. borders without a domestic agency attached. We told you you'd be useful. So that's it. That's why I'm here. And that makes her feel like utter shit, understandably. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, she's been used. Yes, she 100%. has. But it was so vague to begin with, though, wasn't it? And it was just, you know, come and do this, but we won't tell you what you're actually doing. And she's so driven by her career and wanted to go sort of to the next step. She's believed it. And then she's tried to find it every step of the way because she hasn't agreed with any of it and when she finally learns the truth of why she is there she's pissed off about it and then she even turns around and says well, don't come then yeah and she still fucking goes along with it it's mm. just like yeah because he just says i told you you'd be useful and this is why but because she's got nowhere to turn is she she knows um from victor garber's character dave jennings uh that the department of justice back these guys yeah so I don't know why she just doesn't say go. And she did say from the start, all I want to do is get the people who killed those people in the house and those two police officers. And he says, well, Manuel Diaz is that person. So he's told her to a certain extent of what to expect. But I think it was the rules and the route they took of getting there. But she should have expected that, honestly, because it doesn't leave you thinking this film. No. It didn't, certainly me didn't leave me thinking shit they, yeah they have done it but are they right i never had that thought once i don't know about you two the thing is this is you, you can imagine this is how it works isn't it in the sense of if you're trying to deal with a cartel in wherever colombia or mexico or wherever you can't go with your rule book and go in there and deal with it because they've got a completely different set of rules mm. yeah they? You know, yeah. you aren't going to go in there and say, well, my piece of paper says you can't do that. They go, well, fuck your piece of paper, mate. I'm going to, you know, stick yeah. this metal product up your ass because I can. 
you know, and talks to you. It doesn't, paperwork means fuck all when you're in the middle of trying to bring something like that down. So, I go back to it. That's what frustrates me about her character in it. And I get what you said earlier in the the sense that it's good that she sticks to her guns and everything. And don't get me wrong, that that is good in a way. But after a while, you do just get frustrated with her because you're like, you know everything now and you're still going to go along with it because you still think you can tear it all apart because you don't agree with it. Yeah, you can't undo what's being done. You're not going to be that louder voice in this, are you? Well, no, she is a grunt at the end of the day. She's a good person at knocking down doors and dealing with, you know, drug related crime in that place that she was in originally she's not any more than that yeah no they're not they're not going to listen to her are they yeah i completely agree it's uh and it's good because you think and i think a lot in life as well that people do actually feel like this that there's so many kind of atrocities happening uh like with different protests and murders and different things like drug deals and all around the world and Sometimes people sit and feel justice just isn't enough and that these people need to be dealt with kind of robustly in a way that they understand. And I think to a certain extent that that's what uh, the CIA are doing. And when you understand their reasons why, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? Well, it does. And it's interesting what um, the guy that's leading it sort of says, doesn't he? He turns around and goes... Until 20% of our population stops sticking the shit up their nose, you know, we have to deal with the problems in the way we have to deal with it. Yeah. In, you know, until people realise that snorting coke and shit like that is, you know, a stupid idea, this is what we have to do because people are being fucking killed. And that's a fair justification for their actions, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, but, but... At the end of, you know, how. Do they want to keep walking into houses full of dead people wrapped in, you know, wrapped in plastic bags and stuff like that, you know, and all these other atrocities that are happening on their doorstep and in Mexico or wherever? You know, like I say, you can't just go in there with a warrant and say, oh, stop doing this, please. Because it doesn't and that is that way, pointed out by um, Dave Jennings, Department of Justice, says that. He says, well, we've taken this much money and made these many arrests and tell me have you noticed a difference on the streets yeah. at all yeah and they both say no so that kind of highlights to her look you can work every single day arresting these people saving these hostages but it's not going to make any difference this is the only difference it's going to make and i think sometimes you've got to stop you've got to give up fighting it and go along with it once you understand mm. it but it's it's interesting as well it's frustrating <laughs> of the reasons why she does it but you see Silvio, the the police officer who's the corrupt drug mule. You see him picking up loads of drugs from a garage and putting it in the back of his police car. Uh, and this is when the film, for me, gets really Gucci. As in, you've got the Delta Force, you've got Brolin, um, you've got Steve Forcing, all gunned up to the hill. You've got Benicio Del Toro dressed in black. And they've got their night visions, they've got thermal goggles, they've got a drone flying hundreds of miles above them spotting all the uh like the baddies coming across all the cartel it looks so good it's filmed well it just and you've got that music again 
it's so exciting the way it's building this tension up it's brilliant i still get excited now when i watch this honestly it's so great it's fantastic isn't it the sort of the shot where they're walking to it uh you know and they go in different directions don't they meet up at the tunnel entrance and you know the sun setting on it and the it's just so well shot isn't it and yeah. like you say the score on it and everything it's just it's fantastic this is the one this is the sort of scene that reminded me of full metal jacket when they're approaching that sort of blown up town if you like and then that oh, sniper, sniper appears yeah it's it sort of reminded me of that a little bit you know these guys walking off into the unknown yeah and it, it's good because you see them through their thermal goggles and mm. through their night sights and their POV from that just looks like a computer game. And again, when you see the drone flying hundreds of miles above and giving that bird's eye view of both, as you said, Neil, both the units splitting up. I mean, the tech's there, the training's there, and these guys are so calm and focused on what they need to do. And they don't really know what they're walking into, which is just incredible, isn't it? Could you imagine walking into a tunnel that's used by the cartel to ship drugs across a border. That would be terrifying. You would, wouldn't you? I don't... Obviously, these guys are trained in such ways and I would never dare imagine what sort of training they do because I've never been through anything like that. You're too modest, mate. You're too modest. (laughs) But it's true, you know, could you... Even thinking about it, it's just like... They're going to be ready, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, ready for ready. yeah, they're yeah. going to be ready. Yeah, they're going to be ready. So you or I walking through, go even approaching something like that that's run by, you know, this is his main source of getting his coke into America and making his billion, his millions. You know, you can't imagine it's just going to have a couple of guys in there with some um, handguns, is it? No, completely. It'll just be, I'd, I'd be shit scared, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah. but I suppose these guys are trained so so high and they do cause merry hell when they go down these tunnels all you can hear is gunfire and flashing and people screaming and, and it, it is the chaos that brolin wants and during this chaos she sees the soldiers go one way the delta team and benicio del toro goes the other way and naively she follows him down the tunnel where he comes out where the police officer is and and i'm so pleased this happened and i think it's the payoff is so good that she points the gun at benicio del toro who's got the policeman um pinned down with a gun and she does it all police style like hands up don't move and those words just hold nothing they hold no weight in these situations do they and the fact that benicio del toro turns around and shoots her in the uh the bulletproof vest uh so she's in enormous pain and just hits the floor it's absolutely brilliant isn't it the payoff is so good that's fantastic it's it's brilliant what did you think paul um yeah the scene of the tunnels i thought was great and when she pops out and sees that i mean she could wonder very quickly what's going on and she knows it's not right and that's why she points a gun at him and yeah he puts a couple of rounds in into the vest and um yeah he's just he says never pointed a gun at me again and i think she realizes it's probably not a wise thing to do no not at all it took a lot of bollocks to do that anyway or stupidity i i don't really know but this is we discover this is all part of the plan uh because what he's going to do he's going to use silvio the police officer to they're tracking manuel diaz 
um, who's going back to see Alcaron. And the drone is tracking him, so they know exactly where he's going. And they use Silvio to stop uh, Diaz in the capacity of a police officer. And I like the fact that Silvio saying, I've got a son. And mm. as we know from Benicio del Toro's character, uh, Alejandro, that holds no weight whatsoever. And he has yeah. no issues with gunning yeah. him down and killing that Silvio. Didn't help whatsoever, did it? No. And, and I'm pleased, uh, without sounding kind of sick, I'm I'm pleased that he, even though he's a father and a husband, that he gunned Silvio down. Because when you think how many lives... Sylvia was responsible for taking or shipping these drugs in every day. I know he, yeah. he's possibly being coerced into doing it, but he's still a man of the law and, and got morals of his own and decisions to make, isn't he? But has blood on his hands, you know. Yeah, you, you can't yeah. withdraw from that. No, no, exactly. And they withdraw. Brolin's obviously mission's complete. Their mission is to get Benicio over the border, and then you get Daniel Kaluuya come out. Um, and he's again. I, it would have been interesting if he would have understood what Brolin was doing, whilst Emily Blunt's character didn't. I think that would have been really good for 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 Penny to drop for him. But he comes out again, fucking going absolutely mental at Josh Brolin and everyone else involved, and they kind of mock him in a certain way, don't they? Mm, but, yeah. And Emily Blunt comes out again as a go. Uh, and Bro- Brolin basically puts her on her ass, doesn't he? And I think it's needed. You listen. You went up the wrong tunnel. You saw things you shouldn't have seen. What is Medellin? Medellin? Medellin refers to a time when one group controlled every aspect of the drug trade, providing a measure of order that we could control. And until somebody finds a way to convince 20% of the population to stop snorting and smoking that shit, order's the best we can hope for. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just like, stop fucking moaning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up, woman. You mm. know, or, you know, even... It's just ridiculous. You know, fuck's sake, what did you think we were doing? You know... Do you think it would have worked if she would have come out... Or if he would have come out and said, I understand what you're doing and tried to explain it to Emily Blunt? Do you think that would have... There would have been payoff there at all? I don't know. Pretend... Go on. No, I don't think so. I think that helps us, though. That helps, that helps the viewer because this this film is a, you know, like you kind of alluded to it earlier on, Stu, that that this film is, you, you're not. It's not an easy one to to flow along with. You're a passenger. You're you're dragged from scene to scene, and you kind of, she's she's as much as a passenger with this film as we are. And I think that mm. she, that we, you know, looking at the film from her eyes, which we probably do to an extent, the quite a large extent. Um, I think that. We don't need. If he had the explanations, then we wouldn't be so much. It wouldn't be so hard to watch, you know. And I, and I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it's, it's good that it's hard to watch because, you know, it's you, you have empathy for empathy for her to an extent. Um, but you're it. It just the, the film kind of like drags you from one scene to the next because it is so. 
hard without and I think I think any explanation would just dilute that yeah I think you're spot on I I think that is summed up so so well yeah and but it's interesting that when he they find out that Kate is missing that they are willing to go back and go and get her and Brosh Brolin says we've got one missing let's go I think that's quite interesting when he could have said well she's cannon fodder but I'm glad she didn't because it still shows that Brolin is a soldier and no one gets left behind and that what he's doing is part of the end game and she's not included her death like this isn't included in that and I think that works really well because he would have lost so much credit if he would have said fuck it I don't care yeah. Oh no, definitely, definitely. I don't think he hates her or anything like that. I don't think he'd wish her dead. I think he's just, you know, like he's, like we said earlier, he just he feels that he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He's doing what he's being told to do, and he's the man to do it. And they've got different agendas, so think, haven't they? And they have got different agendas. You're right, Paul. But you know, ultimately, he doesn't want to see her dead. So it was nice. You're definitely right. Yeah, Brolin wears sandals. <laughs> yeah. He's the dude, isn't he? He's so good. I love his. I didn't even mention that when we first see him in the briefing room at the Department of Justice that he's sitting there oh, with yeah. shorts and sandals on. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. I must go to a meeting wearing sandals and just say, look, Josh Brolin can do it. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've been there for 30 seconds before they told me. Before, you, before you're sent home. Yeah. <laughs> I need to grow some hair, I think. <laughs> Get a wig and go in there. And you can pretend to be him. That's fine. Well, yeah, you'll back me on that, won't you? Oh, that massively. Eleventy percent. God. So, um, so Diaz does get taken hostage uh, by Benicio del Toro and Alejandro's character, and they go back uh, to Alcron's mansion. And it's again, it's so good because when they get there, you've got the drone flying over, telling them exactly how many soldiers are where and how many guards are where and where they're coming. And there's a really cool bit when obviously he's um, either shot or stabbed uh, Diaz in the throat. And as the guards approach and see him, just from nowhere, he shoots the three guards within about a second. Mm. And it's just so good, honestly. I love yeah. this match. Yeah, me too. And he, I, I like the fact he don't say nothing as well, does he? No. You, you could do there. this, Neil. You'd be a real good <laughs> killer, honestly. I'd fucking fall over something. That's <laughs> <what> <laughs> <laughs> like they'd all come out and I'd just fall out of a bush and get shot by the machine guns. <laughs> I'd ring you up and give your position away to ask if you're doing the podcast. <laughs> just by... <laughs> yeah, just by... <laughs> Sorry, I'm mate. the guy out of Hot Fuzz that fucking falls through the fence. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, mate. Everyone's got their part. Like, what I know. don't understand, right, like, is he, he's, he's, um, he, he, he stabbed a cop in the throat, but he still managed to convince him to drive through the gates. Like, I know I'm, I've just stabbed you in the throat, but just, just carry on driving a little bit for me, will you? The great advert for the car, in it? It's so good. Mercedes, that's right. itself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even Lovely. when stabbed in the throat, I can see an advert coming. <laughs> <laughs> White clean leather. <laughs> and it's great. He gets to the house. And when I first saw this, this part it did it really shocked me, I have to be honest. That he gets there and you see um uh Fusto Alcron, the the main leader, um 
of the Sonora cartel sitting there with his wife, with his child, who's about 10 years old, and his other child who's about 16, having dinner. Mm. And it's great that when he says that all of these people are kind of like starving, and but you're sitting here eating with all the rest of your family when you're killing other families. Mm. And he speaks to him in English. And despite the fact that this guy's responsible for the brutal murder of his family, I think it's so good. And you, you can just see how professional that Benicio del Toro's character Alejandro is, that he, even though he must have so much rage inside him now and wanting to pull that trigger without any conversation, he sits there so calm, isn't he? Mm. He listens to the other. He listens to him, goad him as well. Yeah. Tatsu so says it wasn't personal. So how can you mm. say throwing your his daughter into a acid. vat of acid? Yeah. Isn't fucking personal. Yeah. You know, the yeah. response to that is well, it's fucking personal to me, mate. You yeah. Definitely. He so, must have known his kids were going to get taken out. Surely. Yeah. I think his wife knew. Yeah, his wife definitely did, didn't she? I, I was yeah. surprised. I was, I was surprised, I have to be honest. I thought what? he was just going to shoot him and then do one. But the fact that he shoots the wife and the kids. No, I knew that was coming. I figured him. that was coming. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I was surprised pleasantly and it was quite horrific as well, wasn't it? But there again... That well, he, they didn't actually show that, did they, though? They, 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 it was the idea of his horrific, but... They didn't actually show them getting shot. No. It was from his, from it was from the, it was from the father's point of view, and all mm. you saw was just a, but no, no one, you don't actually see anyone die. But you see the blood, you see them on the floor. Yeah. With like you, blood. Spe- yeah. you see a spatter of blood and. Yeah, but I can't remember a film where you see children getting no. executed like that. That's probably a bit. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much for for the movies, Nothing. really, isn't it? I, mean, yeah. I get it, and it just goes to show his character. And the reason, I guess, the reason he shot hit his wife and children in front of him is to say, "This is what you know. This is what you put me through." Yeah, so yeah. to speak. So oh, I get revenge. why he did it. It was just yeah. a bit of a shock that the kids got killed. And there's a risk that the kids could take his place, isn't there? In yeah. people, in mm. years to come, and like a vendetta come out. But I think, yeah. as, as you guys both say, as horrific it was. It needed to be done, and I think it yeah. summed up exactly mentally where um, Alejandro is, that what he went through with his watching his wife and daughter executed, and I think any father or any mother in that situation yeah. would do the same. And he and um he kind of leaves it so um, Alcon has to sit there for at least twenty seconds to see mm. his kids, and for the first time, you can see actual human emotions of horror and fright in his face and then mm. um alejandro just takes him out and it's uh, it's brilliant i was so pleased that he got his justice end of the day yeah definitely he definitely deserved it yeah and it, was, I, it was brilliantly done it was wasn't it yeah it, it was just so good and the last scene in the, the hotel room took a whole day to <laughs> shoot and they had it scripted in a a, a certain way and but uh, Benicio del Toro and Emily Blunt didn't like the the way it was written. They said that these two characters wouldn't do this. And again, for those who haven't seen it, absolute spoilers, no surprise. But she approaches Josh Brolin and she basically says to him, 
that I'm going to tell everyone what you've done. Just you wait until everyone finds out that the murders you've done, the rules you've broken. And even he says to her, that is going to be a massive mistake. That's basically suicide. And again, as we've explained numerous times, her naivety, she thinks the higher ground will always win. And it's when she gets back to a hotel room and you've got Benicio Del Toro there with a contract for her to sign, a non-disclosure contract. Uh, and it's basically, he, you sign it or I'll kill you because I am the hitman. And when he puts a gun under her chin, I honestly believe, despite of the affections that he did have for her, that he would have pulled that trigger without a blink of an eye. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. He's, he's a contract killer at the end of the day. And, you know, I suppose in the government's eyes, he was never there. He's, you know, and he doesn't want his name being spilt everywhere as well, does he? So because then he'd be a wanted man. Yeah. The hole and everything else like that. So, you know, he's going to look after himself, isn't he? So, yeah, I can put I think he definitely yeah. would have shot him. Shot her. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's. Great, and I think that for the first time that she actually realises that he will kill her despite of his affections. Uh, and he says, again, as you said earlier, Neil, that he says you remind me of a daughter. Um, and But that isn't enough for for her to be able to live, to get out of this situation. And he said once she signs that contract, um, when she's all crying and she's all emotional, it's really, really good what he says to her when he, he says that this is a land of walls and you need to get away. She moved to a small town where the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You're not a wolf. And this is the land of wolves now. And as he walks away after she signed that contract, Again, she points that gun at him from the balcony. And you kind of think, Jesus, how many chances do you need? You know? Mm. I, so, I just... Did you think she was going to shoot him? No. <clears throat> she, she, can't, she can't do that. She can mm. shoot someone if someone's going to shoot her. But, mm. you know, he stands there and just looks at her. No, mm. he knows, doesn't he? He's like, you're not going to do it. Yeah, just turns his back and walks away. It's it's she's doing it through pure frustration. Yeah. But she starts crying and she's clearly just, you know, scared. And like you said, we've said she just wants she wants everything to be official and done the right way. And she's got herself into a situation she never really wanted to be in in the first place. Yeah. No control. No control of it. I think from this experience for everything, because the film obviously ends now. Um, it just kind of pans out with Silvio being dead and his family um, playing football because his son wants to play football and the fact that he's dead um, and this family live on as in the effects that these kind of people have leaving people behind Mm. Um, which is a really really good way to end it because she knows that he's dead Um, uh, but do you think that she knows that he was a bent copper or not um, Silvio but he had nothing to show for it though did he I mean he looked at his in his little apartment, there was there was no evidence of um, unexplained wealth, was there? No. no. No, but I think he was a very troubled man, wasn't he? Through, it, you know, what was portrayed in the drinking in the morning. And, yeah, they yeah, could have yeah. bought him from his... He could have been weak because of his boozing. 
but I think you know a, a, a partner knows don't they if there's something wrong and she probably cottoned on to the fact or he's probably told her in some sort of way that he's had to do it to mm. otherwise you know her and the child are going to be killed or whatever you know there's a certain look of disdain on her face when she looks at him and stuff like that so I suspect that she knows that he's yeah involved yeah, I got that impression as well because he's playing football and they stop when they hear the gunfire and she kind of looks over the direction of the gunfire and there's that look of disdain on her face, isn't there? Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, that, and really the film fades out and I, I think after this experience, Emily Blunt's character uh, would come away, like Kate Mesa would come away a more damaged character and a more disillusioned than anything else than anyone else in this film do you mm. yeah no definitely yeah because she was good at what she did which is knocking down doors and stopping you know getting hostages back and dealing with narcotic stuff and she's been thrown into something that just completely had no idea of really which like we've said before she should have had some idea because of the job she did but you know She's been almost killed by some bent copper <laughs> and fucking, you know, people shooting at another copper in Mexico trying to shoot her in the car and, you know, all these other things. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. life-changing for her. I yeah. yeah. Every day's a school day. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's Definitely. like she's gone through five years of university in this film, to be fair. Yeah. Have you guys seen the follow-on Sicario Day of Soldado? No. Is she in this? Is she in the next one? No. Um, she's not in it, but Josh Brolin is obviously Benicio Del Toro um, and John, not John Bernthal, um, Jeffrey Donovan, who plays Steve Forsin. Yeah. Um, he's in it. Those three are. Is it as good? Um, it's not as good, but it's still a very good film. I own both of them and I watch both of them numerous times. I have... I think they're very, very good films. The second one is more of a film. Um, the, the first one is obviously definitely happens. Um, and you can see it. And it, it looks like they've kind of made a film from actual events. Whereas yeah. the second one is more of a film of what happens. It's still um, focused on Mexico, but they go more down the lines of the Mexicans importing human trafficking people and a lot of those people turn out to be terrorists and that they, the American government are going to treat cartels as terrorists and in doing so allows them to be dealt with differently. Yeah. Um, so it's... Good way of bending the rules. Exactly. It's what works for them end of the day, mm. isn't it? And so that's the second one. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's still very, very good film. Is it on really, really well. uh, It's not... No, you've got to pay for it. It's... Okay. Um, it's it's such when, a good when film. it's free i will watch it yeah yeah definitely so um it'll be interesting roughly know the way it's going to go but um what how you guys are going to score this and rate this and recommend it i mean uh neil what do you think mate yeah i'll definitely recommend it um i'd heard of it but i'd never seen it and when you said you wanted to review it i i was quite pleased that it wasn't some chick flick nonsense <laughs> uh, or shit scary film that wasn't scary. So I was very happy. And then when I actually sat down and watched it, it was a film, I described it as a film I didn't want to end. That's how good it was. 
Oh, I was enjoying it so much that even when it came to the end, I was dis- I was disappointed that it did finish. Um, yeah. Because I just could have carried on watching it. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone to watch, especially anyone that's interested in sort of drugs and what kind of shit might go on and that type of thing, you know, drug trafficking and stuff like that. There was not one single poor acting performance in this film. No. I think everyone was absolutely fantastic. Um, I'd give it five out of five, 10 out of 10, whatever you want to score yeah. it. Um, best bits, I think there's so many. There's not any bad bits, to be fair. I think the only, like I've said a few times during it, I think the only annoyance I had with it was probably her continued naivety. I got it at the beginning. It was, you know, understandable, but after everything she'd seen and and stuff, you'd think she would have just walked away from it, which would have been a shit story, I get, but it just went on a bit too long for me, but I definitely recommend it. Excellent stuff. Excellent. about yourself, Paul? Definitely recommend it. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't something that I would normally have watched, yeah. Um, just because I don't know. I just yeah. I wouldn't have normally watched it, but it was something that I would have had. I looking at the title, it's something I wouldn't have really picked up on. But when you yeah. described it to me, when you you raised it, yeah, it's definitely something I would watch, um, and I'd certainly be interested in watching the sequel. Um, best bits. Best bit for me really was the the um, the car. Uh, the traffic jam, yeah. where they they, they, they mm. took out they, they took out the the uh, the bad boys in the in their cars in the by the border. What was it? What was it a Toyota Camry or a flipping Impala or something? <laughs> yeah, an Impala. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Impala. Yeah, um, you yeah, took them out. I mean, that was that was like really good. But um, the worst bit for me was was probably the briefing room scene where you know how they build up these um, where they bring all the special forces in and. They're in a briefing room, and all the typical cliches go around. You know, like like in the in the you know in a locker room sort of thing. The cliches yeah. you fly around, and just a load of testosterone gets flown around. And it's just for me, it's just that was just a typical uh, template. I've seen it a hundred times before, and it's just boring to watch. But once you got past that, it was good. Before oh. that and after that, it was great. But oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I reckon four out of five. Yeah, nice. Oh, that's, that's good, mate. That's really really good. Yeah, I'm. As I say, this is a film I love so much and I've seen so many times and I get the same amount of enjoyment every time I watch this. It's a five out of five. I think the performances are brilliant. As I say, the score is brilliant. I just think it's so good. And it was put forward for awards for the um, I think the score and the cinematography of this. Mm. Uh, what was it? I did write this down here. The screenplay, uh, musical score, um and it was nominated for Best Cinematography and Best Original Score in the Editing Soundtrack in the Academy Awards. So um, whether it won or not, I don't know, but it just highlights what everyone feels. And I I don't think there are any worse bits in this. Thanking you. um, (laughs) I I just think it flows so well. It's really interesting. It's just such a good film to watch it's so exciting and so tense still uh there's no crap bits whatsoever and 
it's the five out of five, and I recommend all of it. It's just so good, really, talking really about, good. Talking about the cinematography, did you notice the lingering shots of the dust particles that they kept going back to? In different, in various scenes, there was they'd have a shot of the room, and you'd see all these dust particles sort of going through the air. It was pretty, yeah on the projector, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's so there were several scenes where you you'd, you'd see that in the room in the background. Yeah. You just see, and I thought it was, that was quite clever. Uh, it's just brilliant. It's it is so clever, and they do linger on this, and you'd never sit there mm. thinking, "Why are they showing us this, or what of interest mm. is this?" Because the film is flowing so well and giving you so much back, it doesn't yeah. give you time to think about it. Yeah. But, um, no, it's just friggin' awesome, absolutely awesome. Yeah. So, um, anyone gets a chance to watch this, definitely, definitely watch it. It's so good. So next week, hopefully, we'll have more of the gang back together, um, and we'll work out what film we're doing depending on who we've got back on the podcast i know with commitments um it depends on which direction we'll go but it, it's going to be good either way we've got the matrix we've got um stir crazy so it's really really going to be good so if you've not seen any of those films pick them up watch them because they're brilliant and join us next week for the podcast it's going to be a lot of fun as i say whatever we're going so have you guys got anything planned seeing anything at the cinema Anything exciting you've watched that you can recommend just before we go? No, no, I haven't, <laughs> which is really sad. But no, I haven't actually. Um, yeah. But what no. about you, Stu? Have you been to the cinema recently? You are a uh, cinema goer, so I'm a cinema goer. No, I, I've not. Um, well, I went to cinema and obviously watched uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, which I really, really enjoyed. It was so Did much you? fun. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Awful from the trailer no it's brilliant the, the trailer doesn't do it justice he's he kind of it's a very clean deadpool he's it's ryan reynolds being himself yeah. uh the concept is good there's a brilliant star wars moment and there's a massive nod towards the mcu which got me so excited it's <laughs> a really fun film to watch so if kids i took the kids and or i took my youngest and samuel really really enjoyed it so isn't if you, it just an updated version of the truman show uh no it's it's different to that it's based on a computer game and he's a a non-character player where he's just one of the guys in the background PC. But yeah he um develops his own ai uh and he shouldn't because he's just in the background and it's his kind of journey and what happens to him and the programmer uh, wanting to kind of enhance the software which affects him. And it, it, it kind of allows them to bring different characters in. And there's a massive nod to Fortnite uh, and there's massive nods to um, like Dan TDM, like really big YouTubers who the kids can all sadly relate to these days because they probably watch them. I mean, I didn't know who they were apart from Dan TDM. I didn't know the other YouTubers, but my son was going fanboy about all of this so mm. it I've tapped into something really good but i i really liked it i just thought it was a really good fun film but yeah i'd recommend free guy paul you'd hate it completely would honestly. i yeah 100 percent. i didn't like truman it. show though uh yeah this isn't like the truman show <laughs> so, right. yeah fuck me honestly <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get into Christopher Lee films again. I used to like Christopher Lee. I watched one today, just trying to find what it was called. Um, 
Oh, Do you watch this. films that aren't set in like the seventies or eighties at all? <laughs> I just watch one for today, didn't I? Um, Jesus, that, by choice. No, but these are class. These are classic though. Like Doctor Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. That's on Amazon. They just come onto the Amazon. And the flares are classic, but no one wears them. Do you know? I do. You know, I, I, I used to live around the corner from. Um, yeah. I used to live around the corner from uh, where uh, Boris Karloff lived. His old house was actually shaped hey. like a coffin. Boris Karloff, he was Frankenstein, a monster. Right. What? Yeah. Actually, him or he, he, he an actor yeah. that portrayed him? Oh, no, no. So <laughs> Boris Karloff. Look him up, guys. Boris Karloff. So I know yes. Boris Karloff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so Boris Karloff was Frankenstein's monster. So he yeah. was an amazing actor. Um, but so he used to live around the corner from him in Bramshot. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> God. So I am stuck in the. I'm just, you are, get, mate. I'm just trying to like get a bit of old classic horror, you know, because all the late, all the recent stuff's shit. Well, oh, go back and watch the Pit and the Pendulum. There you go. There's a classic. Yes. Well, actually, yeah. the one I watched today did have reference to that because it was the old Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. That was the first horror film I ever watched. Do you enjoy it? Really? The Pendulum. I was quite young, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it a lot. They showed more boobies, don't you think? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Maybe. Which makes it all the better. <laughs> yeah. Stop what boobies. I think they did, honestly. Yeah. yeah, but I did used to like the Hammer House of Horror stuff. That was always. Yeah, senior. Yeah. I love all that stuff. That was great. But some of it, Paul, there is a reason why it's, they don't show it on TV anymore because it's absolutely. Well, it's shit. back on Amazon. So there you go. Doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> In your face. Yeah. That also, <laughs> that also has the killer safe on it. So, yes. oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, if you're portraying that that's a good medium, I'd, I'd <laughs> choose sofa. a different argument. I've yeah. never watched the Killer Sofa. We have, we, haven't we? We have. We were going to review it, and we watched <laughs> it, and it was so bad. We said you we can't it. review this. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's mm. impossible. It is. It was. Uh, it was amazing to watch the Killer Sofa. It's something I'll never forget. Honestly. Yes. So good, but. Never mind. Anyway, anyway, we, we bet if we've been going on for ages, if there is anyone still listening, fantastic. <laughs> Let us know. Send you a prize or something. But mm. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope we've given you something else to watch because um, it is a really good film by all our reviews uh, and scores. But we'll be back next week with uh, The Matrix or Stir Crazy, both classics. I hope you can join us. And thanks for listening. Take care. Yeah.